Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3 exclusive to the Ginger's Perspective. And this weekend is all about the derbies. Super Sunday sees the Merseyside derby and of course the Manchester derby. And Mo, as a Manchester fan, you must be rather excited going into this one, although I think your team is going to get a hiding. No, I disagree with you. Excited, yes, because you know we want to play City when they're on form. We don't want to play them when they're struggling. We want to play them and beat them when they're on form. They did lose midweek in the Champions League. I don't know if you saw that. And then the, the manager of the other team... Dressed up like Zorro. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. But I just wonder... If that hasn't now given City kick up the backside? I don't think so. Um, I think Champions League is, is, is obviously different from their form in the league. They're focusing on that. Champions League, they were qualified already. Uh, and if you look at their last three games, you know, City just, you know, they narrowly won each of those games. They didn't dominate really. You know, picked up 2-1 wins against, what, Huddersfield, Southampton and West Ham. So, you know, maybe it's, it's good that you they're coming up against United. Although, if they do beat them by some miracle, you know, maybe someone gets sent off or something happens and it, it ruins the game, then I might as well give them the title because, I mean, 11 points clear, it's going to be tough. Well, let's hear now from a massive Manchester United fan, Proteas cricketer, all-rounder Chris Morris. He has been supporting Manchester United his, old, his whole life. And um, this is his prediction on the game at Old Trafford. Yeah, so my look, my official thoughts on Man City and Man United. It's going to be an uphill battle for United, I think. Um, I know we're playing at Old Trafford. I know it's going to be an, an exciting, you know, as the kids would say, a lit, a lit game. But look, with Pogba getting that red card against Arsenal, I think that plays a massive role in our momentum because he is a talisman in the middle there for us. I know there are doubts on Nemanja Matic with his, with, his, with, with his muscle injury that he's had. I know he rested midweek. But, um, yeah, look, I think it's an uphill battle. Once, once that, uh, that, that blue machine of theirs starts going, it's very difficult to stop. So I'm, I'm hoping for a, maybe a 2-1 win against City. Um, for United, but that that's that, that's asking a lot for my team. So reluctantly, I would have to say I think City are going to win. I don't think um, I don't I don't I don't know about a score. If they win, they'll probably win by one goal. But um, yeah, United are going to have to be on the ball, and yeah, we're going to have to hit them hard early if we want to beat that, that that blue machine. But I think Jose is playing mind games with Pep, and there's quite a good record there. So. We'll see how it goes, and yeah, good to hear from you, bud. Okay, Mo, you've heard Chris's verdict or his prediction. Uh, what do you what do you make of it? I mean, obviously, Paul Pogba missing is huge for Manchester United, but on the other hand, David Silva is missing for Manchester City. Well, we, we're not hundred percent sure on that one yet. They said he could be, so there's a chance he might play. Uh, look, I, I agree with uh, Chris Morris on the result in in that it, it will be a close game. You know, 2-1, it won't be a runaway match like the Arsenal game. 
But yeah, they're going to miss Pogba. He's he's massive in the midfield. He keeps them going. But you know, it's just a chance for somebody else to step up. And you know, uh, Jose Mourinho would have already planned now by now. Who's he going to play and what what sort of setup they're going to go with? You know, Herrera would probably be that guy who's the aggravator who's just going to go in tackling, break up City's play. And uh, you know, it's going to be a close game, but it's going to be a crack of a game. There must be a game plan from Mourinho to stop that that threat of Sane, Sterling, uh, De Bruyne, Aguero. There's got to be a way because I remember when he he employed the tactic um, when he put uh, it was Herrera, wasn't it Herrera on Eden Hazard, yeah. and it nullified him completely during that game. Well, at the end, if if uh, David De Gea plays the way like he did against Arsenal, then we won't need anybody else because he just <laughs> stopped everything. I mean, what was it they said that he could save a PDF on a calculator? <laughs> you know that he's 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 up there with Tim Krul and Victor Manoni, the Sunderland and Newcastle uh, goalkeepers, as having made the most saves in a Premier League game, fourteen in total. So he's an esteemed company with those two. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was incredible against Arsenal. Amazing. So, Amazing. If it wasn't for him, uh, if he went to Real Madrid last season or something, I think United would have gotten battered in that game. Yeah, he was phenomenal and, and, and definitely worth every cent. I think Manchester United would do well to hold on to him going forward because he will be in demand um, very soon again. Uh, once we have another transfer window, speculation will come through. De Gea, where is he going? Real Madrid, back to Spain. Now, another man who has featured uh, in quite a few Manchester derbies throughout his career for Manchester United is South Africa's very own Quinton Fortune. He believes Manchester United should win this one, and he agrees with you. This is what he had to say on Sky Sports News this morning. First of all, I can't see United losing against City. I'm not... Sorry, I'm a bit biased there, but um, I think United will win, in my opinion. But uh, look, it's they're playing a fantastic team. But there's been signs the last couple of weeks against West Ham, uh, where I thought uh, they were very fortunate. Huddersfield has also been. Well, Mo, he says City are vulnerable at the moment. They're showing their weakness. He's clearly drinking from the same Kool-Aid as you are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. He understands football. He's a smart man. And, uh, you know, he would have watched the previous games and, and would be able to tell that, you know, there are chinks in uh, Man City's armour. You just need a really strong 90-minute uh, performance, concentration, no lack of, uh, you know, no shutting your eyes for a minute and you, you, you'd be able to beat them. Well, it's going to be interesting. Go on then. Let's have your prediction. Um, for this one, I'd have to say a United 2-1 win. That will be drama. I bet you there'll be drama. Something okay. controversial. We're going to get a, a 94th minute penalty. Got to love it. Got to love it. That one is, of course, 6.30 Sunday, the final match of the weekend's action. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the Merseyside derby, Liverpool have a fantastic record against Everton. And, I mean, they've won 22 of the 50 Premier League Merseyside derbies, unbeaten in their last 13 against the Toffees. The Toffees have only won two matches out of 25 at Anfield. The last one, 1999. You don't give Sam's men any chance, do you, going into this one? Uh, absolutely not. Even though they, they're starting to you know click and to you know, get some decent results, I can't see them 
beating this Liverpool team, that attacking trio, you know, they've got Coutinho, Salah, Sadio Mane, Firmino, I mean, they're just scoring goals for fun. Everton would have to really, you know, dom- you know, start start the game off with, you know, firing on all cylinders. And it's hard to see them doing that, especially with Sam Allardyce as your manager. Yeah, the fireman, big Sam Allardyce, he's already had an impact there. You can see that he's brought a bit of life out of Sigurdsson, um, out of Rooney. So, you know, hopefully for our sake as neutrals, Everton put up a hell of a fight and we see plenty goals. But this week hasn't just been about the Merseyside derby for Jurgen Klopp. Once again, as the January transfer window looms large, there's speculation that Philippe Coutinho, who is playing some awesome football at the moment, is on his way out of the club. This is Jurgen Klopp's response on Sky Sports as his... um, Shall we say tether? Uh, you say tether gets shorter? Or he reached the end of his tether a little bit uh, with the spe- speculation linking Coutinho with a move in the summer. But this is his response these days to the gifted midfielder, the Brazilian, moving to Barcelona. I have actually no reasons to think about it. The only thing what you are doing is, uh, is asking me that doesn't change my, my, my situation. And I said it a few times. We never spoke about transfers in this moment. So... Whatever I could say would not stop, obviously. So then I thought it makes sense that I don't answer it. All right, so he's saying he refuses to talk about it anymore because whatever he says, it gets out into the media and people read what they want. So, Coutinho, I mean, would you, I mean, we know that we said when it was all the speculation of 100 million pounds going to Barca. We both said, time to sell, get out of here. But can they afford to do that again in January, considering how well he's playing? I think it would be uh, uh, difficult for Liverpool to sell him with the form he's on. But the thing is, if the guy's not keen to stay there, then why keep him? You know, you can replace him. You've got, you know, decent enough talent in the team. Uh, We haven't even mentioned, you know, Daniel Sturridge, who's, who's... on his day can be brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're going to get 100 plus million for him, why not sell him? You can buy a decent uh, player for that type of money. Yeah, look, I think we know Liverpool's biggest problem is not going forward. It's at the back. And I think they need to make sure that if they do decide to offload Coutinho, considering how, what a revelation Mo Salah has been, I think they can afford to let him go. I think the biggest problem is getting two centre-backs who are hard men who can sure up that really dodgy defence. And that's potentially where Big Sam's going, you know, let's see if we can absorb the pressure. Not going to be easy. Hit them on the counter because that defence is rather shaky. Yeah, that that would probably be Big Sam's blueprint. But, uh, you know, Everton don't have a lot of pace going forward. You need pace if you're going to try and play counter-attack. And, you know, you've got Rooney, 30 or 30, what, 34, 32, whatever. Up front, he's not the fastest. So it, it would be difficult for them to go counter. They're, they're going to absorb a lot of pressure. But if you're trying that against Liverpool, they will pick out the spaces. Let's have a prediction then at Anfield. Score? <sighs> Liverpool to smash them 4-0. Wow, okay. And Salah, Coutinho, Firmino and Mane on the score sheet. I'd like Salah to get at least two. <laughs> because of the fa- the, fa- the fantasy 
We'll get to that in a minute. Um, let's touch on the other games. Firstly, I think Chelsea against uh, West Ham. That uh, kicks off the action for the weekend. Interesting thing there is, in terms of the way the teams have been playing and the way Chelsea have started to find that groove, I think it's going to be a very difficult afternoon for West Ham. It will be. And I think when Eden Hazard finds his form, that's when Chelsea start to tick over. You know, he's been fantastic recently. And, you know, they're turning on the style. And I think West Ham just don't have enough quality to handle uh, this Chelsea lineup. So Chelsea should win this one easily. I've seen on the fantasy side of things that uh, Hazard has been one of the most popular transfers because he's delivered double-figure scores the last four weeks or three weeks. Well, you should have Hazard in your team if you want to get decent points, especially against a soft West Ham. You know, if if you a gamble would be you know playing David Silva because we're not sure if he's going to start. Yeah. So I, I drop him and bring in uh, Hazard. Although he's a bit pricey, he's on the ten point something, uh, ten million upwards. So if you don't have Hazard in your team, you're a fool. Is that what you're basically saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I have to speak about Newcastle United because I'm growing more and more concerned every weekend. They have glimpses where they play well for 30 minutes, but we all know football's a 90-minute game. And it showed against Manchester United, took the lead. Chelsea took the lead and then got thumped. I'm worried this weekend because Leicester are starting to buy into Claude Puyel's theory and philosophy, and they're playing some good football. Riyad Mahrez looks like he's up for it once again. And Jamie Vardy is a dangerous guy in front of goal. So... I worry that Newcastle might slump to yet another defeat and it will mean no win in six for the Magpies. Yeah, and then they all of a sudden drop into that little relegation scrap going on at the bottom. Uh, You know, you mentioned it, you know, they took the lead against Man United and Chelsea. I think that Newcastle just lacked that little bit of, you know, experience in their team. They've got some decent talent uh, going forward to be able to get a goal and dominate the first 15 minutes. They just need that experience that when they concede, you know, you know, calm heads to control the game. And that's what they're lacking. Yeah. And I think maybe they shouldn't be looking at, you know, signing or buying players in January. Maybe getting a couple of loan players, you know, guys who are at the peak of their career. Well, well be, there's been a, a speculation that Fernando Torres might reunite with um, Rafa Benitez because he's, the, as soon as... Um, um, Who's the crazy guy, Diego Silva? No, Diego. Um, no, no, no. The Chelsea striker. I've, uh, I can picture Costa. him. Costa, Costa, Diego Costa. As soon as he signs for Atletico now in January, uh, he's the guy that humps the trophy, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's right. He may, he will then make Torres the fourth choice striker at Atletico. So there's talk that that Torres' people have spoken to Rafa. There's talk about Daniel Sturridge coming to Newcastle. Those would be great sort of guys to get in terms of the experience. But maybe Newcastle need to look what Leicester did the season before they won the title with uh, Cambiasso, where they signed him at 36, slotted him into the midfield, and said just bring a calmness to that midfield. And it worked for them at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. That's all they need is just a little bit of experience to, to, to calm the guys down when you take the lead, control the tempo. If you look at, I, I look at Michael Carrick from Man United. You know, he's a boyhood Newcastle United supporter, born and bred. I don't think he'd, he'd think twice about joining them on a loan because he's not getting 
you know, much game time at United. It's going to be difficult for him uh, with with the likes of Herrera, with all of the players United have. Why not? I mean, he could he could bring stability to that team. Isidore is not a bad move, uh, although you know, a, a, I, I'm, I have this thing against aging strikers. You know, yes, they bring experience, but they don't get you the goals. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think also the the talk of the takeover. A lot, it's a lot at the moment. There's too many distractions. But yeah. apparently they met at the curry house last night. So. so I'm sure he enjoys a good curry now and then, along with a few other pints and things like that. But he is a successful businessman. And hopefully that deal can be done soon so that Rafa Benitez has some money in January to get those yeah. experienced players. Before the Newcastle end up in relegation? Well, I think that relegation scrap's going to involve more than just uh, four teams. I think it could be as much as seven or eight this season. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly before we go, last fantasy thing. Harry Kane, um, they're up against Stoke. Is he worth making your captain? Is he worth even keeping in your side, considering that Eden Hazard is the guy you've got to have in the mix? I definitely drop him. Um, I think he was rested for the Champions League game, but I just find it hard to keep him in my team. He's just too expensive, and if he doesn't fire, it just it's it's horrible. Although he has scored quite a few times against Stoke, but I can't see him getting the goals. Spurs are on a di- downward spiral right now. Yeah, and at Wembley, they just haven't been the same, have they? All right. Well, let's leave it there. Mo, thank you very much for your time. Remember to catch the podcast on iTunes under the Ginger's Perspective. Follow us on Twitter at football 2 plus 3 Check out cs also for any episodes, any podcast you might have missed. And uh, on Cliff Central, you can also find uh, football 2 plus 3 there. Mo, your parting words? As always, be champions. Well, there you have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to feel free on Twitter. Drop us your thoughts, your predictions. Good luck in the fantasy managers this weekend. It's going to be a super Sunday of football. And who knows? Anything can happen in the beautiful game. But at this stage, I think you'll be safe if you predict Liverpool and maybe a draw at Old Trafford.